Today we're talking about dance or movement, the sort you might do as part of a ritual or a meditation or journey. It's one of the best ways to raise energy. You can use music or just a drum, you can do it by yourself or with others. And it's hello from me, Jenny. Now, this week's episode is going to be a little shorter as we've had so many lovely guests with such interesting things to say. We have run a little short on our podcasting hosting time this cycle. So this week, it's just Hazel and I, and we're going to be discussing sacred dance and how we use it in our pagan practice. And I'm reminded of the exchange between Sir William and Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice, when Mr. Darcy is asked, do you dance, Mr. Darcy? And he replies, not if I can help it. Sir William asserts, what a charming amusement for young people this is, Mr. Darcy. There is nothing like dancing. After all, I consider it to be one of the first refinements of polished societies. And Mr. Darcy replies, certainly, sir. And it has the advantage of also being in vogue amongst the less polished societies of the world. Every savage can dance. Dance comes naturally to us as children. And I think that it's only when we become older and more conscious of our bodies or a trusted adult tells us that we have two left feet, that we lose confidence in our ability to dance. My dance journey like most little girls, began with ballet. And I remember my dance teacher saying that I had feet perfect for point, but I would likely be short and fat and that my perfect point was wasted on me. Now, most tutors don't teach point until 11 or 12. So it was ridiculous to be fat shamed at four. In my teenage years, I wanted to take up dance again. But I had a really busy schedule and the only way I could fit it in was to join a local preschool ballet and tap class. I worked my tuition by helping the teeny tiny ballerinas into their tights and leotards. And if I ever hear Teddy Bear's picnic, my feet itch to step ball change. As an adult, I've done jazz, club size, that's dancing in the dark with glow sticks. I've done pole dancing, chakra dancing, and five rhythms. And as an adult, I find that ecstatic dance is a wonderful way to connect with my body. And it's a form of movement meditation. Sacred dance is found in almost every culture and many religions. Ecstatic dance is most often done barefoot and there's no formal movements to learn. It's often described as just you and the music and you're free to move your body and follow where the rhythm takes you. You often lose yourself in the dance and people feel ecstatic trance in different ways. You may feel connected to the others in the room or completely connected to your own body or a greater source consciousness. And I know that I often hear spontaneous, improvised lyrics as I dance. But once the music stops, they seem to fade away and I can never seem to recall them. 
Ecstatic dance has been practiced throughout antiquity. Last week, we were speaking about the god and Dionysus, and he had a retinue of female followers that were known as maniads or the raving ones. And the maniads worshiped Dionysus with hymns, rites and revels, dancing wildly and intoxicated. There is a local Border Morris troupe called the Manads, who are the wild women of Kent, and our friend Jidge plays the music they dance to. They paint their faces with spider webs, dance in red and green tatters with sticks, wild gels, and we've missed seeing them perform over lockdown, but hope to see them dancing soon. Modern ecstatic dance was revived in the 1970s by Gabrielle Roth in her Five Rhythms practice. The Five Rhythms incorporates world dance traditions and elements of shamanic practices. Roth's Five Rhythms are the following, flowing, staccato, chaos, lyrical, and stillness. Each of the rhythms corresponds to an emotion, a stage of life, a way of perceiving, and an aspect of the self in Roth's medicine mandala. So for flowing, the emotion is fear, the stage of life, birth, the way of perceiving, being, and the aspect of self is the body. For staccato, it's anger, childhood, loving, and heart. Chaos is sadness, puberty, knowing and mind. Lyrical is joy, maturity, seeing and soul. And stillness corresponds with compassion, death, healing and spirit. On the Five Rhythms website, Gabrielle Roth describes Five Rhythms as a journey towards freeing the body, expressing the heart, and emptying the mind, awakening the soul and embodying the spirit. The five rhythms come together to complete what's called a wave. And you are really taken on a dance journey through each of the rhythms. Flow is quite slow and gentle and grounded. Staccato feels fast and sharp. Chaos feels faster still and helps to release limitations. Lyrical begins to slow down. It becomes more fluid and soulful. And stillness, well, it's not a lack of movement, but more going into yourself mindfully to condense the wisdoms of the wave you've just experienced. As we continue to come out of lockdown, if you can get to a class to experience it for yourself, I highly recommend it. Or of course, you can still access classes online. I do think that it's a practice that is better experienced rather than explained. You can have moments of connection where you can invite or be invited to join in with another dancer or not. And this is communicated non-verbally. Putting your hands on your heart indicates that you want to decline an invitation. If you're a person that finds it difficult to sit still and to quiet your mind for meditation, 
this embodied dance practice may be something that you can do to help you explore movement, meditation and your physicality. You can offer your dance up as prayer or you can experience communion with the divine, however you interpret that to be. As a larger bodied woman, I find something incredibly freeing about dance and moving my body for the sheer joy of it. Not to appease health trolls or to lose weight, but because, like a small child, I hear the music and I want to groove to it. Dance can also be a way of expressing and healing painful feelings and emotions. Particularly people who've experienced PTSD, they often suggest that dance can play a part in reconnecting their bodies and minds. So Hazel, have you had a journey with dance at all? I never got to do ballet as a child and I always wanted to have a go. I've also wanted for a long time to try Spanish dance, for example, flamenco. My favourite scene in Strictly Ballroom is the Paso Doble scene. But I'm not very coordinated and I find dancing with a partner quite difficult. So when I had ballroom dances, dance lessons years ago, I didn't find it very easy. Um, we also had to do a bit of dance as part of my time at drama school. We had to do a waltz, I recall. But circle dances, the type we use in the ritual, they're much easier. Dance in witchcraft and other pagan paths tend to be for two things. Both are about a change in consciousness, but one is also to raise and release energy. It can be representative of something. Doreen Valiente gives the example of witches dancing on riding poles, jumping to make the crops grow. The riding pole was a phallic symbol, meaning fertility and life continuing. The oldest form of dancing is probably circle dancing and usually done holding hands to keep the group's energy connected. Some dances have actual steps, for example the grapevine, but most are free form. The idea is to go faster and faster until you come to a peak. Stop and direct the energy to your goal. You can do it as part of a ritual for a particular god or goddess. If dancing is something you associate with them, or the nature gods, a flame, a tide of water, the wind in the trees, a flower opening to the sun. If you're alone, you can feel free to move how you want, just by feeling the rhythm. Jenny's already mentioned Dionysus and dance as part of that, an ecstatic practice that, according to Vivian Crowley, releases us from our individuality. So we merge with others and with the universe. The Druids in ancient times often practiced their religion by dancing in circular patterns to respect the oak and the sun. This religious dancing, especially the circular formations, was incorporated into the earliest form of Irish dance. Shamanistic practitioners can communicate with spirits and other beings who can give them knowledge and what they need to do. They use dance to call the spirits and bring them into our world. This way of working offers an intimate and direct connection. 
and it's one of the most empowering, clear ways of connecting to the spirit world. Shamanic dancing summons the spirits, inviting them to dance with us as much as we dance with them. In shamanic dance, the main form of communication happens through movement, which can be seen as a kind of shamanic journey. In the Northern tradition, the idea of going into a trance and doing something productive with it is referred to as a seder, a word which is also used in Icelandic and Germanic languages. Seder is a term used for a variety of magical practices, which involves a trance-like state in order to heal, inspire, or to gather information. And there's also representations from ancient times in Scandinavia of sword dances. Maybe they are carried on in the sword dances that are performed today in Britain. According to Doreen Valiente, the ring dance became so associated with witchcraft that in Sussex, the fairy rings on the downs were called hag tracks from the idea they were formed by the dancing feet of the witches. Witches are traditionally supposed to dance back to back. The author of A Pleasant Treatise of Witches, written in 1673, said, The dances are strange and wonderful, as well as diabolical, for turning themselves back to back. They take one another by the arms and raise each other from the ground, then shake their heads to and fro like antics and turn themselves as if they were mad. Another dance is the spiral dance. You may have heard it through Starhawk's book, The Spiral Dance, but it was around long before. As Gail Duff puts it, it shows the continuing spiral of going into the darkness and coming back out into the light. You can do it alone or with a group. In a group, everyone holds hands in a circle. The leader and back marker dancer must be aware at all times of what is happening to make sure the spiral doesn't go too fast and that people don't let go. To start, stand side by side as a part of the circle, the back marker on the left and the leader on the right. Use a drum beat or suitable music or chant to keep the energy going. Begin moving in a clockwise circle. When everybody is moving at the same speed, the leader breaks off from the back marker and leading the circle begins to walk in a spiral towards the centre, making smaller and smaller circles. When they get to a point close to the centre, they change direction and start to move in an outward spiral. There will now be and alternating lines of people going into different directions, but keep going until everyone is in a circle again, but they're facing outwards, and then begin again, going on an inward spiral. Change direction again at the middle, and spiral outwards, until everyone is in a circle again, facing inwards as at the start. The leader and back marker can then join hands. These kind of dances generate a lot of energy. So at the end of whatever one you choose to do, make sure to touch the earth to ground yourself. The chant you use could be according to the ritual or season. For example, a good one at Lammas would be corn and grain, corn and grain, 
all that falls shall rise again. Hoof and horn, hoof and horn, all that dies shall be reborn. Another favourite is Isis, Astarte, Diana, Hecate, Demeter, Kali, Inanna. And I think another good chant for being in a circle is the chorus from We Are Circling by Buffy St. Marie. And that goes, we are circling, circling together. We are singing, singing our heart song. This is family. This is unity. This is celebration. This is sacred. Dancing brings people together. It can excite or calm according to the dance rhythm. It means to feel life's energies and be at one with them. Dance can be a prayer, an invocation, an offering. It's a universal and ancient magic. And I agree, dancing really does bring people together. I think in open rituals, it allows everyone to participate, even if a new person to the circle doesn't feel up to calling in or is unsure of the chance, they can join in the dance. And it can be adapted by people with limited mobility who might join in by clapping or playing some percussion. And I think of all the years that we've attended the Mercy and Gathering, walking the fire labyrinths and then dancing round the wicker man as he burns, sending up our prayers. And the energy that we raise in those rituals is really palatable. So it's goodbye from me. Link in the show notes to where you can find out more information about manads, five rhythms, ecstatic and spiral dancing. We would love to see you over on our Facebook page. Just search for The Wheel Podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts about dancing and whether it's part of your pagan path. Are you able to dance like nobody's watching or are you self-conscious? What is your favourite style of dancing? And do you use dance as a way of raising energy or as movement meditation? And it's goodbye from me. I hope you've enjoyed our episode today. And we'll be back with you next week with a longer episode for you to enjoy. Bye.